Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Beaver's Edge publisher Brendan Slaughter here, joined by Beaver's Edge writer and KGO radio host TJ Matthewson. We're back here on another edition of the Edge Podcast for preview in Oregon State in the Baton Rouge Regional this weekend. TJ and I are going to dive into the nitty-gritty. We're going to talk some ball. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun conversation. Thanks to everyone for rejoining uh, here on the Edge Podcast. TJ, it's been a while, man, since we uh, connected on our podcast how you been? Good to see you. I'm I'm good. Uh, it should be a very entertaining weekend of baseball. I'm forward I, to I, it. I will say, I will say, man, like getting a, like talk about premier college baseball places to go. I mean, mm. this is it. It's not Stillwater, which is you know probably which is good. You you put a thumbs up to that. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, for those who uh, for, who are going, and uh, I actually do not have the uh, do not have the pleasure of being able to head down to uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, you know, I, I saw some people posted on the damn board. You know, kind of their thoughts and their comments on it. And uh, you know, for lack of better terms, TJ, it really is one of the cathedrals of college baseball in the sense I I don't know if it's exactly the biggest but i know it's one of the bigger college baseball stadiums in america uh for those who are listening we're really familiar with goss stadium right goss stadium set a lot of really great attendance records uh, this year recent years you know goss if they get to standing room capacity somewhere around 34 3500 maybe pushing 36 uh TJ. It gets it has gone above four thousand a handful. Okay, of times. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So there you go. I, I thought they did, but I didn't want to. I uh, didn't want to say without knowing for sure. Uh, TJ, do you know what uh, Alex Box Stadium in uh, Baton Rouge holds? Fourteen thousand. You're right on the money. So yeah. just <laughs> pretty, roughly, pretty big. Roughly think of a stadium that's about, you know, at, at Goss at max capacity, three times as big, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think when you uh, when you when you kind of think about that, it can be, you know, a little bit of an intimidating environment of sorts. But, you know, compared to, you know, just compared to some of the areas around the Pac-12, TJ, because no one even around the conference has a stadium of that size. No, it's it's very uniquely SEC. I yes. mean, there's the, the only part, the only conference that has parks that big, I don't. I don't think there's a single one in another conference unless you want to count Creighton. I don't because they play no. they they play right. in Omaha. So like I, I don't think I can count that. So otherwise, yeah, there's it's not it's not close. And it makes for a very unique, very fun, pro-like atmosphere. Pro, but also like, you know, pro with the college energy, pro size college energy. And it and it really makes for great. We're gonna see some really good talent on the field this weekend. It's a decent field besides LSU. I kind of like the field for Oregon State in, in terms of, you know, advancing into the winner's bracket. The mm-hmm. problem is, I think, of just looking at the first part and looking how the bracket will shake out. The Beavers are the two seed. They're going to get Sam Houston State on Friday. Uh, interesting matchup with Sam Houston State. They hit the ball pretty well. Not the best pitching team. Uh, team. They're the WAC champions. So they've had a really good season, uh, 138 games as well. But and you look at this just – for the Beavers, right? You win against Sam Houston State. I mean, you're going to have to be the best pitcher in college baseball mm. in the winner's bracket on Saturday. Like, that that's what you're going to have to do to advance in this bracket. That's a pretty tough task. If you're talking about tough draws for just a, just a regional, you're going to – to advance in the winner's bracket, you're most likely going to face a, a team that was number one for 12 weeks this season and has mm. the number one and number two picks upcoming – in the upcoming MLB draft on the roster. That's, that's pretty tough. 
I mean, go go look at all the other top seeds. I mean, they don't even have those guys on their roster. It's, it's pretty insane, and it's going to be a tough, uh, a big hill to climb. Yeah, you know, that's that's a great point, obviously, looking ahead uh, to LSU and what they potentially are going to have, uh, you know, throwing the Beavers' way. And as you mentioned, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I looked at the picture that you mentioned uh, when I was doing Paul some Steens. research. Yes, there you go. Uh, I, I knew it was an interesting lot. Skeens, yeah. Um, and, and you're right. He He is a talented stud. However, I'll counter with this, TJ. You know, I know there were a lot of Beaver fans, and rightfully so, who, um, when the brackets came out, thought the Beavers were maybe unfairly placed into one of the top eight national seeds as regional instead of being placed into one of the regionals nine through 16. And to an extent, I understand where they're coming from. Oregon State, I think, was one of the, you know, the better two seeds across. And, you know, despite the Pac-12 tournament, their RPI was still one of the higher in the Pac-12. They were in the mix to host until the final weekend, so on and so forth. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. For all the reasons you mentioned, like LSU being a great program, you and I mentioned the atmosphere, the fans. You know, LSU is, uh, you know, not the biggest college baseball stadium in America, but it's up there. They create a raucous environment. And, you know, actually from the times that uh, a couple years back when some LSU fans came up to Goff Stadium when Oregon State was hosting, uh, there were, you know, I'll, I'll give them credit. They travel extremely well, and I expect them to put together a – a huge atmosphere down there. TJ, knowing that LSU is keenly eyeing on Oregon State, is there a chance they could slip up and drop their first game? Because that happens all the time where you get teams who are eyeing that second game, save their ace, and, you know, that you know, to case in point, that has happened to Oregon State a time or two in a regional. So, it, you know, nothing. Everything's goes like you know everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth you know for for lack of better terms. It's a, it's an interesting point you bring up here. I'm I'm trying to pull up this stat I saw earlier. It so LSU is going to get to open with Tulane. Yes, uh, Tulane Who's finished the season. Team. Brendan, Br- Brendan, what did Tulane finish the season at? They finished, I think, about 16 games under 500, but they're a hot team, DJ. They're, they're 19 and 40. They're the first 40 loss team ever to play in a regional. Ever. They're a hot team, bro. <laughs> so there's a stat here about losing team. And I'm trying to find it. It's like teams with a losing record. Here we go. Teams that have a losing record uh, that played in regionals. Overall, there are. Do, 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 do. No. So 37 teams in the last 16 tournaments to have a losing record. 27 of those teams did not win a single game. That's 75% of, mm. of teams with a sub-500 record lost both games in the regional. Seven of those teams uh, went one and two, managing to win mm. a game somewhere along. And then just uh, two teams made it to the made it to the winner's bracket. And uh, like past the one multiple games and lost in the final, none has advanced out of the uh, none has advanced out of the out of the regional, which, you know, th- those odds aren't great. Sure, <laughs> we're, no. we're expecting a, an upset for LSU uh, against Tulane. It's it's pretty hey. it's pretty tough to see. It's pretty tough to see. Hey, TJ, you know, I don't know about but you. Hey, man, anything, but... you're right. Anything's possible. Any and you know, anything is possible. And and but you sh- and you unlikely. know, you should. For sure. And you should know this, TJ, as well as anybody, because, you know, you're a awesome pro baseball uh, savant with the uh, 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 Marine Layer podcast. Got to give you a, a quick plug for all Mariner fans out there. 
But you know this. Unlike postseason college football or postseason college basketball, postseason college baseball is its own enigma because the best team doesn't win. Case in point with the fact that number one overall seed hasn't won it all in the NCAA tournament, I think since 1997, if I'm remembering. 99, I think. Okay, 99. 99. It was Miami and 99. So, and with, you know, granted now have, you know, has, or, you know, has, you know, teams won as three seeds or two, sure. But I think it's just kind of interesting that like baseball's unique. It's different. You just need a couple pitchers. I think back to, you know, all the times we've seen national seeds go down when Stanford was a national seed, they lost uh, a few years back. I think back to uh, when Oregon State was the number one overall seed and, and you know, lost to UC Irvine at Goss mm-hmm. Stadium in 2014. That Sorry to bring that up, Beaver fans, but it is, you know, it well worth mentioning as far as mm-hmm. just how nutty postseason baseball can be if you have one really good ace or two really good pitchers and mm-hmm. you see, catch a team who's maybe in the slump, maybe haven't seen what you're pitching on the mound, used to being more of a fastball hitting team, and you throw changes or any number of factors. But that's the beauty of postseason baseball. I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, not discounting that LSU is a great team. But that's why you play the game, right? Yeah. Number one seed has not made it to the College World Series since the Beavers won it all. I mean, wow. Like, see, there you go. Just want to put it. And UCLA, the next year, lost. Arkansas in 21, lost. Tennessee last year, who people were like, oh, this yeah. is like almost they were as stacked. good, if not better, than the 2017 Oregon State team. They didn't even make it out of their own Super no. Regional. Like, it, no. it, it is pretty crazy. But asking a team that went 19 and 40, I know, 19 right? and 40, that's crazy. It, it, in postseason play, a team that go that struggles that much, uh, <laughs> makes it to a regional most losses ever for a regional team that's that's pretty that's a pretty high bar so yeah i don't know we'll see it would be it would definitely uh that would definitely stir up the regional a little bit and if tulane somehow managed to pull that off then oregon state's odds of winning the regional jump astronomically but right um still a lot hinges on on uh on that wit that if we would look forward winner's bracket game on Saturday, if Oregon state were to win. Sure. Sure. And I think, you know, we'll obviously get uh, a little deeper into uh, uh, Sam Houston state here in or Sam Houston, excuse me, still uh, uh, having to correct myself there to They removed the state. Oh, did they not take too- state? They did. Yeah. They removed. Yeah. They removed the state not too long ago. So it's just Sam Houston now. So I believe mm. that this is like the first year that they've done it. But uh, we talked a little bit about Paul Skeenas, but let's talk a little bit about the hitters that Oregon State will potentially uh, have to uh, have to uh, keep at bay, TJ, at least with LSU to start. Uh, you mentioned Dylan Cruz and how uh, you know high level and high profile, and you said he's going to be a high draft pick too. Uh, they've got a couple guys. You know, uh, I'm trying to look at the matchup here. They got one, yeah, about five yeah. six guys who are hitting over 300. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming yeah. that was Cruz, uh, Cruz that you had the high praise for. Yeah, yeah, well, he's going to go number one in this draft. I mean, it's it been it's been consensus, I think, since the start of the season. He's going to be you know one one to the Pittsburgh Pirates in in July yeah. before the All Star game up here. Um, I mean, they got Tommy White was a first team All ACC last year, who transferred there. He has twenty home runs. Oh, yeah. um, he's ninety or ninety one RBI TJ too. Yeah, he's hitting he the is, heck out of the ball. He is a masher. Yeah. Um. So he, I mean, he set. I think he set a lot of freshman home run records last year. He was close, at least. 
Um, yeah, and they their team, Brennan is like overall they get on base they as a team get on base forty four percent of the time. That's mm. like that's pretty absurd as a team. I think seven of their nine guys in their starting lineup have an on base percentage over four hundred. They're pretty hard to get out, right? Yeah. There's some some balance there. I think the weakness for LSU is the is the pitching outside of Paul Skeens because they they did kind of sure. struggle down the stretch. They went 500 over the last three weeks of the season, um, essentially, or three or four weeks of the season They after they were number one. But, you know, in terms of strengths, I mean, they mashed and they have, like, in terms of top-line guys, I mean, they have. I mean, it's it's good stuff. So there's a there's a lot of, a lot of stuff there uh, for LSU that Oregon State's going to have to deal with, and especially for an Oregon State staff that is pretty short on the pitching side. Right. And as TJ just mentioned, we'll go ahead and, you know, mention that as well, that Mitch Canham, when we uh, met with him yesterday uh, down at Goff Stadium, he mentioned that uh, Jacob Kamatz and Jaron Hunter will not be available this weekend. So no, uh, no tease, no hiding it. No, uh, <laughs> uh, he could be available looking at you football team, um, you know, rule them out right away, TJ. So that tells me that, uh, you know, those guys are kind of dealing with something somewhat significant. Um, and that that's big because those are two guys who, you know, you know, uh, you know, the Beavers have missed the, each of those guys their own way. Jake Matz, you know, maybe not as consistent as the Beavers would have liked this year, but a guy with a ton of starting experience under his belt. And then, uh, you know, uh, Hunter, who I, I thought had really started to come on before uh, his injury too. So from what we've heard, it sounds like we could expect to see Ben Ferrer in a starting role again, uh, most likely AJ Lattery as well. Uh, if we were to go to a three game situation with uh, him kind of sliding into the Sunday spot, then after that, should they need to start another game? It could be a whole handful of guys potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just kind of depends. And, you know, they, they've got a somewhat deep pitching room as far as guys they've thrown this year. Maybe not a lot of guys who have done unbelievably great things. And, you know, we kind of saw the bullpen get knocked around uh, a little bit down in Scottsdale this last weekend. So, I think all that considering, you know, the vibe that we got from the Beavers yesterday, TJ was, you know, they, they brought the guys back. They let them get away from baseball for a couple of days, kind of mentally reset after, you know, what, you know, what most would call a bit of a disappointing, not even a bit, a very disappointing showing down in, in, in Scottsdale, you know, regardless of how well Arizona, Arizona state played, you gave up, you know, double digit runs in both games after, you know, having an ERA that was in the, you know, high threes, low fours for most of the last month. So I, I think that kind of shock to the system, for lack of better terms, TJ, is kind of going to be good for Oregon State and kind of refocus everything and, you know, kind of laser them into playing at their highest level, which is what they're going to need to do to come out of uh, the regional uh, with a win. I'll let you get your thoughts on that one. We'll dive into Sam Houston mm -hmm. a little bit. I think the good thing about that is, right, like you didn't win the tournament. So like your hopes of hosting was pretty much resided on winning that tournament. As soon as it didn't happen, I mean, going to and out, you kind of shrug yeah. your shoulders. You get more rest at that point, And you didn't have to spend the whole weekend, uh, you know, wearing out your bullpen a little bit. So instead, exactly. a lot of those guys got a lot more, more of a rest. And they're going to be needed. So, okay, Trent Sellers is looking at on Friday, right? So Trent yep. Sellers is going to yep. start the first game. Confirmed. The biggest – thing about Ben Ferrer sliding into a starting spot is if you really need to lock down a game and get like two shutout innings from a guy like you really need. So it's going to be like a lot on Ryan Brown, I would think, in game right. one. 
to really nail down that first win because if you, you need Ben Ferrer in game two, he's not going to pitch on Friday. He's going to need to save his energy for Saturday. So it's okay. If you go through the first – if you get into the winner's bracket, you win those first two games, that's important because then you yes. just need to win one more game to advance. That's it. Once you go in those first two games, you need to win one more game to continue going. And that's where um, that's where having A.J. Lattery is good. It's like, good, okay. And the goal is not to get to that bullpen game because that bullpen game could be, you know, could Probably. be trouble. Yeah. If you, that's where you had saying, oh, it would have been nice to have Jacob Commander or Jaron Hunter. Well, you don't have, exactly. have either of them now. So you, no. the length is really not there. So it is really, really, really important to, I mean, yeah, it's important to win to advance. But in terms of getting, setting your pitching staff up to finish the regional, that's important too. This is not a, health wise, they're not set up to go through the losers bracket. They're not. No, not at all. Now, granted, I will say this again, nuttier things and crazier things have happened again, TJ. Uh-huh. If, if you need, if you know, specifically with Oregon State baseball, if you need just a, a lesson on how, you know, things just sometimes don't make any sense, go back and look at the 2007 Oregon State baseball team led by head coach or then Ben catcher now head coach Mitch Canham. You know, Oregon State got into the tournament with a losing Pac 12 record. They were one of the last teams in the tournament. End up winning the whole darn thing that year. So every, you know, it, it really it, it is, you know, unique in itself. You know, as far as like you know being able to, you know, find guys that all of a sudden pitch well or pitch not. But like you said, if the situation TJ were different and you had one of Kamats or Hunter available, in a perfect world, you're saving Trent Sellers for LSU, are you not? Um, not necessarily. No. Yeah, like I'm just curious they, what you're because what they kind of they kind of they kind of shifted the the strategy for the final week of the season. Kind of like kind of led you to think maybe Trent Sellers wasn't going to be pitching the the most important game. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of that, I mean, because they didn't start him in the tournament. He got a week off. Right. Maybe like, because gonna, of maybe because of pitch rest, they though, needed right? him to but if they ab- yeah but if they absolutely wanted to win those conference tournament games right. he would have pitched sure sure but instead they did not so i, I don't know i can't necessarily say that for sure i, I don't know that, that's yeah a, because like because trent trent it's not like trent was lighting the world on fire in the final month of the season so sure. he's had a good season he struck out a lot of batters but terms of run prevention he was he was scuffling no and i think that's i think that's why they wanted to give him that week off at least from what we had heard from from mitch and you know like you said he didn't necessarily close but you know quote unquote he's probably at this point he is the ace of your staff there's no question there's nobody else there quite literally left other than aj lattery who's like hey i was the tuesday guy coming into the week guys what's up so you know it's um you know it's definitely interesting but yeah i've always that was always, you know, something that I've seen, you know, I've covered a lot of postseason Oregon State baseball. And, you know, you've had times where Oregon State would roll with their Saturday guy uh, on Friday and kind of save that uh, ace for the second matchup. But I don't think Oregon State has that luxury. You know, with Sellers kind of being their guy, you can't really gamble on throwing somebody who's not Trent Sellers uh, against Sam Houston, who we'll go ahead and look at right now, TJ. Uh, they can hit the crap out of the baseball for lack of better terms that they, 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 uh, they, they're a pretty good offensive team. And, uh, 
one of the hotter teams, you know, in the um, in the field as well, as they had to race through their conference tournament to uh, get the automatic bid. They would not have made the tournament if it hadn't been for their auto bid. And TJ stole the bid from Grand Canyon. DCU mm-hmm. uh, stole that bid and then uh, now got the automatic bid. They uh, they hit the ball well. Um, I think if there's an advantage, there's maybe a little bit more of an advantage against their pitchers as their team ERAs. Uh, in the fives, as opposed to their um, their team batting average is you know just over 320, 319. So I think if Oregon Oregon State's biggest matchup is going to be can they score enough runs and can their pitchers limit offense enough? Because we saw this last week in you know Scottsdale. I don't think that was Oregon State's best baseball of the year by any stretch, but the offense seems to be hitting the ball pretty well right now. It's good to see Gavin Turley back seeing the ball well. Um, oppo- uh, you know, across the board, it seems like, you know, there's not a lot of guys going into slumps right now or anything like that, but DJ, the bullpen's going to have to prove themselves if Oregon state is going to win a regional. I mean, without a doubt after Scottsdale, I think it, the onus is completely on the bullpen. I think they, yeah. they have to show up because I think the offense will be there to give you enough. Um, but the bullpen certainly can't allow double digit runs in Baton Rouge or it's going to be a long, long long weekend yeah based on what we've seen i'd say the oregon state offense is uh, i don't know eight runs a game this yeah. weekend probably. somewhere I mean, in there be, right you're somewhere again, there you're down two starting pick. pitchers right and you even if the bullpen pitches well the bullpen is going to be tired if you yeah. make it through the weekend it like they are so your offense can need to swing it well as you said like there's not a whole lot of things sam houston state does well on the mound i mean middle of the uh they don't strike out a lot of batters they're right. like middle of the pack and walks uh, in terms of limiting base runners. They're, you know, outside the top 100 nationally in that, um, and, you know, run prevention too is not great as well. So uh, it's a pretty, you know, average pitching staff that we've seen Oregon state really crush sure. this year. And yeah. I don't think scoring runs is going to be the issue. And, and it helps that, you know, Travis was on Garrett four, three, you know, the top four yeah. of that lineup is really locked in and hitting the ball all over the yard. No problem. It's just, again, how, how much are you going to get out of that pitching staff this weekend against an offense in, you know, Sam Houston State? They don't strike out a whole lot. You know, they right. hit, like you said, they hit for a high average. They're in, the, you know, the top 51 teams in the country getting on base. They slug in the top 50 as well uh, as an overall offensive team. They're uh, they're pretty solid and pretty complete. So it's, it's going to be something to look out for. No doubt. And I think, you know, again, more than anything, you know, Oregon State also – uh, TJ has to travel the furthest of all these teams. It's not like Sam Houston has Shocker. to go all that far. It's not that Tulane has to go all that far. So, you know, the Beavers, they have to travel, right? That's going to be a long journey. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't, I haven't looked ahead to see what, uh, what the weather's going to be like specifically Friday night, but knowing Baton Rouge in June, probably a little humid, maybe a lot humid depends on, uh, how, uh, how thick and sticky the air is that night. But, you know, it's just going to be a completely different environment, TJ, uh, than these guys had played in. It's usually pretty tough for some of those West Coast guys to go back into uh, East Coast situations, especially this time of year, like, you know, really humid areas, I think, of like Gainesville, Baton Rouge, uh, you know, Starkville, some of the, you know, areas in the South, of course. But, uh, you know, if Oregon State can kind of have a strong mental toughness, I, I think they can get by Sam Houston, as you mentioned. I mean, I think Sam Houston will throw them, you know, they'll test them for sure. But I still think Oregon State can kind of, you know, uh, be the better team and then set up a, 
a really massive game with LSU that will determine one team goes to the winner's bracket, one team will obviously go to the loser's bracket. Um, you know, Oregon State has gone down to Baton Rouge for regionals before, came up, you know, I think just a game short, if I'm remembering correctly. So some good history there. Um, you know, honestly, TJ, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I think it's going to be an awesome weekend of baseball. I love postseason college baseball. There's nothing else like it. And, uh, you know, folks, settle down. Uh, get in front of your TV, uh, flip between some channels, and uh, you know, for for this weekend, you may need to make sure you have a ESPN Plus subscription. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I'm it's it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be a, ba- a good weekend for uh, Oregon State getting able to uh, match up with some great baseball teams, TJ, and I'm excited for it, man. It's it's going to be uh, going to be good. Yeah, and if we take a peek on the other side of the bracket for, you know, what a potential Super Regional could look like sure. if you're just curious to look ahead. I mean, there's three top 30 RPI teams in, in the other regional across the way at, hosted by uh, by Kentucky. Kentucky. But the number two RPI, West Virginia, I mean, was uh, very – like they were in hosting position yes. pretty much until the last week of the season until they kind of collapsed a bit and they fell out into a two-seed – and then Indiana's a, a top 30 RPI team as well. There's a, it's a good group of teams across the way uh, on the bracket. So something to, I guess, peek ahead to as well if you manage to get past LSU. No, it's going to be – and like TJ said, the 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 matchup itself, like uh, if, if Austin are ahead, TJ already matching up Oregon State and LSU, what do you think the coaches are thinking in their head too? So I think uh, no, no disrespect to Sam Houston or Tulane. Watch that. I'll have egg on my face next week, TJ. Tulane will win the Baton Rouge Regional or Sam Houston. No, they won't. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting uh, exciting uh, round of baseball, and I'm certainly uh, excited to uh, bring you guys coverage for BeaversEdge.com. It's gonna be an exciting weekend. Make sure to stay locked, TJ. Thanks for joining me on this edition of the podcast, man. Always good. We'll catch up next week and uh, either wrap up baseball. Or talk about the Supers, man. So looking forward to it. And uh, obviously, uh, we'll uh, be doing some podcasts uh, throughout the summer just to uh, keep you busy, my man. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Edge Podcast. We'll be back uh, next week with a either baseball season wrap-up or baseball look ahead to the Super Regional. So, again, for TJ Matthewson, this is Brendan Slaughter signing off on this edition of the Edge Podcast.